You're listening to Muriosity, where three brothers explore their curiosity for knowledge. Good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, Vietnam. Good evening. Oh, I miss Robin Williams. I miss Robin Williams, too. Good evening in Mountain Standard Time. Whatever day you're listening to us on is irrelevant because today is September 23rd. Can I have a, I want a quick update last week. I mentioned my favorite burger was the John B. Burger. Yeah. I like to retract. Okay. Why? Because I found, I don't know why I didn't think of this, but last year at the Stampede, I had the most magical meat in my mouth. I don't want to know what happened. I really don't want to know. Okay, Some weird was things a, happened to the stand. This was a wild boar and elk burger. Okay. And it was like straight up just a thick elk burger with wild boar bacon on top. Oh. And it was... I, I went back for a second one. I couldn't not. Like it was you that just good. wanted more meat in your mouth. I, just I would ask more meat. for today if we could stay away from the double entendres. That'd be great. Okay. Why? They make me uncomfortable. Yeah, a lot of things make you uncomfortable. This is true. So, uh, today, hey, just uh, wait for people that are watching us. Steelers win number two. Um, oh yeah, and Lakers couldn't pull off the W yesterday. No man, I'm going for Denver. Yeah, because they got the Canadian Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Plus, they're just so good. Plus, their jerseys are amazing. Yeah, people just. I don't. Plus, know. when I was watching LeBron play, I was like. I think I could do a better job than LeBron right now. Yeah, I don't know. That's very Jokic incorrect. and Jamal Murray are just next level. Those guys. And how about Jeremy? Uh, Nikolai Jokic. Your eye just twitched. <laughs> and Jeremy Grant is phenomenal. phenomenal. Is it Jokic? Jokic. 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 How do you spell it? J o k i c. Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, if you're Jokic. Jock Oh, that's not a real name. He just came up with that. He's like, when I'm playing, I got Jock That's my good. name. Nikolai Jokic. Nikolai Jokic. Jokic. Anyways, so this week, what we will be talking about is the future. Future, future. And do technology. Do do do. One of these days, we'll incorporate sounds into our podcast. Yeah, when we get a producer. Sure. When we get a podcast engineer. Sure. Well, like it. If you're looking yeah. for a job that pays no money, but we'll give you beer. We'll give you one beer a week. One beer a week. <laughs> and tons of laughs. We'll even let you uh, rate the beer. Yeah. Okay. All right, Joel, this is all you, man. This is your topic. Yeah, it's my week. So this week I picked, again, the future of technology and how we're currently living in it. Um, I thought this was really interesting because I've heard a lot of people... Uh, in the last little while, talk about oh how the future is not here and we're not going to see flying cars in our time and blah 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 blah. But really, we have that all here. There's already concepts of hovering and flying cars here. There's amphibian cars here, and on a very regular basis, you see people driving autonomous or smart cars. So yeah. it's, the future is here. It's not. It's it's not just going to come one day. It's starting now, and I, that's why I, uh, I really appreciate Elon Musk because he's not about 
let's wait until the year 2030, 2040, 2050 to get these things done. He's like, how can we make these things that would normally take 40 years to happen, happen by next year? Sometimes I feel like Elon Musk is just, <clears throat> he's like a really, really smart kid that was shaped by Back to the Future. Yeah. And he's like, why can't we do that now? And he didn't even go to college, if I'm not mistaken. Like the guy just... He's you like, sure about that? I'm pretty, or he dropped out one of the two. Yeah, but just his mind is just incredible. Yeah. He's like the greatest mind of our generation. Yeah, I would say so. Steve Jobs, so. too. He's pretty crazy. Other than, yeah, of our generation, though, yeah. I think that Elon Musk is probably... Because how old is he? <clears throat> he's uh, early 50s, I think. Are you serious? Yeah. He's that old? Yeah, bro. This whole time, I thought he was like a young Yeah, guy. but is Elon Musk really one of the greatest minds, or is he re a really good salesperson? Because if you think about the whole premise of mm -hmm. how he makes money, it's pre-selling technology that hasn't been invented yet. Well, it's yeah, he's, 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 he's selling well, technology okay. he's inventing. Yeah. But he's not the only inventor, developer, no, R&D scientist that works for the company. No, but a lot of his ideas are what... Are companies like SpaceX or Tesla or any of the other companies he owns put forward? And if you company. ask him questions, people ask him questions on Twitter all the time, and he's always consistently answering them back with. Okay, hang on a second. We're assuming that Twitter accounts for guys like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera. You can't, you, you can't are, say Twitter has no no. Uh, no, validity. I'm saying that. It has validity, but are they really answering their own tweets? Or is it someone in their PR or R&D department that actually answers those for them? I don't know. Maybe one day you'll meet Elon Musk and be able to ask him. But I, I think he's so. one of the smartest minds of our yeah, he's, a, he's had a lot of wives. Yeah, he's he has a ton of kids. That smart, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven children. Ooh. Yeah. There's he who shall not be named... I don't know who that Voldemort? Is. No, X Ash A12, oh, yeah. whatever yeah, his name yeah, is. Yeah. <clears throat> the one with uh, that singer. Nevada, Alexander Musk, uh, K Musk, Saxon Musk, Griffin Musk, Xavier Musk, Damien Musk. It's a lot Damien. of Damien. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and he is, you're right. He's 49 years old. Oh, that's the name of. Anyways. So, in any event, <clears throat> that's kind of weird because a lot of people think that Elon Musk is the Antichrist. <clears throat> he is certainly um, <clears throat> a unique personality. Yeah, he's weird. He likes to blow off his... And he's not weird in a bad way. I, I think he's weird in a good way. He likes to blow off his blowtorch a lot. Um, but anyways, he's uh, yeah, he's he's brilliant. And he's coming up with a lot of great ideas. And I think he's bringing our society, in Western society at least, into the future. And I'm excited by it. Um, we're not going to talk too much about SpaceX this week because... We will have a special guest yeah. on one week. <clears throat> We're going to have a whole episode. And we'll it. talk about SpaceX and space travel. But um, this week is just about technology and the, the technologies that are currently out and evolving and um, what are going to bring us into the future. So, um, yeah, the first thing I wanted to talk about this week is uh, transport. So the, the current... Uh, futuristic transport that we have nowadays so we have things like smart cars that have came out and have been out for a little while now um we have electric car i mean smart cars, smart cars being just like fuel efficient vehicles like yeah. hybrids or even just like the smart car right like the mercedes one that's a small and compact 
smart car. It runs off electricity and it's smart. The earlier versions of smart cars ran off diesel, I believe, and they were like uh, eco diesel or something. But well, they were like hybrid models, right? Which then, is a pretty cool <laughs> technology. In itself, yeah, but but. as technology advances, like all cars today are smart compared compared to cars like from the sure, 90s. But they're not right? considered smart cars because they're not running on renewable energy. True, but when I think of smart, I think about like onboard computers being able to diagnose driving yeah. issues while you're driving. Well, then every car since 1996 has been able to. Pretty much. Which I don't think is... Anyways. Um, <clears throat> so you have smart cars. You have autonomous cars that are starting to uh, show up. Tesla's got some... You know, they're not fully autonomous yet, but they're like partially autonomous. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys read that news story. It made it to the States. Uh, last week, there was a guy driving from Edmonton to Calgary who was pulled over driving a Tesla, 150 kilometers an hour. He was pulled over. Him and the passenger had their seats all the way back and were sleeping. Yeah, I saw that. Now, <clears throat> from my experience driving a Tesla... You drove a Tesla? Yeah. So, my wife's cousin, uh, her husband has a Tesla. Nice. The Model 3. Yeah. <clears throat> and he... Uh, when he first got it, he brought it over and he, he let me drive it with him, obviously. But it's really unique when you're driving it and you take your foot off the accelerator, it breaks. Okay. Um, and that's to recharge the battery. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and you, it has like... Breaking can, is recharging Breaking the recharges time. the battery. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And that's similar to hybrids as well. But uh, then we got it out on uh, McLeod, like way down south past 210 there. And uh, I ju- he's just like step on it i hit the accelerator i was about to say gas but i didn't i hit the accelerator yeah and you know when a vehicle when you go like in like a a traditional um like gear no just like a um a transmission a vehicle with a transmission a gearbox yeah you feel the yeah you don't feel that. Yeah, you just it's a constant pull. It's just right? a constant So that was, was like I was in a I, rocket. That's what I felt was similar to like the Patriot. It had that CVT. Yeah. The continuous valve transmission. And it was kind of just like a pulley system. So when you were driving it, it almost didn't feel like you were it just felt like it was one continuous gear. Yeah. I mean it's a little bit different, but to this that's like the ninth degree though. Yeah. Because it before I knew it, like and in in the electric vehicle, the um, the torque is so much. Like they have to dial that torque down. Oh, right? really? Yeah, because the torque from that motor or that that battery, battery yeah. is insane. You yeah. could like tear your tires apart. Yeah. So they actually dial it down. Yeah. Um, through like Josh was saying, through the computer on board. Yeah. Um. But before I knew it, I like pulled my head down and I'm going like 200. Really? It was, it was insane. But all that to say when I was driving it, uh, we put on the, like the autopilot and it still made me touch the wheel, like move the wheel every 15 seconds. Yeah. So what some, what I I read some people are doing are putting like tying their watch around it. Yeah. Or tying like little weights on the bottom. And it just, it makes it feel like there's a hand touching the steering wheel. Oh my, that's scary to me. Yeah, like, it's not a fully autonomous, nor has it been... It's not meant to be. Yeah, and it's not being advertised as such. So, it's just more so, like, let's say you're driving late and you're tired and you nod off and it it, it helps correct you and it wakes you up. 
but it's not something that's supposed to be fully no. self-driven. And these people <laughs> pulled over doing 150 kilometers an hour sleeping. Uh, listen, there people depend far too much on autonomous features. And I'm doing air quotes in cars because they believe that it creates a level of like self-drivingness in their cars. And uh, like I find myself falling victim to that when I drive to work, my commute in the morning, like if I take a sip of coffee, I take my hand off the wheel for a minute, I depend on my lane departure system to correct it. And it does, because I'm not hammering on the gas pedal, but if I'm going like 150 and it turns hard into a corner, it doesn't matter how autonomous that feature is. No, well, you that's can push the thing. through. The thing about these vehicles is that they're gauging how fast you're going as you approach certain corners. They have GPS in place. They know the map of the road. Well, and the algorithms that go into the predictive driving of them, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. Well, and there's so there's different levels, right? So level zero does not feature any self-driving technology at all. Level one offers at least one system that helps the driver to either brake, steer, accelerate. But if there's multiple systems, they're not capable of communicating with each other. Level two cars can simultaneously control steering and speed. So even if the driver's not driving for short periods of time, think like lane centering technology combined with advanced cruise control. Level three vehicles are fully autonomous but require driver attention, meaning like you have a wheel in front of you, but the car is pretty much just driving itself. In the case of a catastrophic electrical failure, like an EMP bomb goes off 20 feet away, you got to take control of that yeah. wheel, right? Yeah. Level four cars. Well, your vehicle just wouldn't work. Yeah. Well, listen, level three vehicles, they're not even available. They're being tested by startup companies, but they're not even available right now. Like self-driving cars. Yeah, like fully self-driving cars. Level four cars, once programmed to a destination, won't even need a driver. Yeah. I, I saw like uh, um, Supercar Blondie. She did one on a, a couple of cars, like a Mercedes has a fully autonomous one that yeah. like literally you put in the directions and hit go. And it goes. I think it's Mercedes. It could be another car company. I can't remember. Amazon wants to do this. I mean, there's cars that... Hey, that's a good point. Amazon's part of what we're going to talk about. Um, but there's... Wait, there's, hang on a second. One, one second. Level 5 car? Fully autonomous. No driver input whatsoever. So, like, you get in the car and you're like, Hey, car, I want to go to the closest McDonald's. I'm hungry. It's like having Jarvis in your car. Pretty much Jarvis. Take me to McDonald's. Sir. We have Uber Eats. Why bother getting in the car at all? Shut up, Jarvis. <laughs> do what I tell you to do. <laughs> Stupid Jarvis, tell me what to do. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so there's a show called Westworld. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. Mm -hmm. um, nope. I watched the most recent season, and they have that in the future on that show. They have like these self, all like, a lot of the cars are self-driving or autonomous cars. So they have taxi cabs just pull up, and these these glass windows just go. And yeah, then, and then the people just step in, and then they've either preloaded. There's uh, like, uh, like if it was Lyft or Uber or something, they've preloaded the. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of this movie. <clears throat> they preload the address, so then you get in your taxi. It will only let you get in the taxi if you scan your QR code. You get in the taxi, and then it takes you to your location and lets you out. It doesn't let anyone in. So this is uh, tying into what they're talking about coming out with. Um, that's different from 
uh, like buses nowadays or trains is they have single pod autonomous vehicles that will take you to your destination. That way it keeps you safer. You don't have to worry about anyone else being around you. I mean, you could share if you wanted to, but... Well, and the we're going to say 100% of the accidents are due to human error. Right. What else I think, would they be oh, due to? I think by Absolutely. at least the year 2030, at the latest, my opinion, you'll see autonomous driving cars. Do you think they'll start first commercially? Yes. So not passenger-wise? No. It's the same thing with anything, right? These guys are going to get their <clears> money for... To, to create the technology from governments. But, but, this but if, but so if many evolution movies. of self-driving vehicles is predicated on the success of a small sample, if you go to commercial use first, you're always going to see failure because it's it's not majorly commercial use vehicles that are getting in accidents. It's dummies that are looking at their phone while they're driving and like yeah, but there's more people driving drunk. Like usually, it's people that are. Are leisure driving that are getting in the majority. So of you're accidents. saying that for them to to advance that technology, they need more failures to happen. No, I'm saying for the technology to advance, they need to. Like my belief is, you start in in small suburban areas. You dedicate an entire municipality or community to autonomous vehicles. You create a ring road around that says yeah, but then you no have to commercial- make sure that those people can never leave that area. No, not for the purposes of entering the autonomous vehicle. If they want to go out, they the autonomous vehicle will take them to a parking lot where their vehicle that they can self-drive would take them out of that area. But the autonomous vehicles need to be completely autonomous. Everything needs to be autonomous in that area. Because then you get a true idea of does this model work? Right. Yeah, but can, so conceptually I agree. The problem they'll is... they'll do those things on their <clears throat> own premise. You know what I mean? Like on the site... On the Tesla site, they'll probably have uh, acres and acres of land that they're going to be testing this on anyway. Yeah, Yeah, but but you can't test that. You need to use real life. So again, conceptually, it's great. The problem is not that. The problem is the liability. Well, not really because, you know, you ensure ensure the community. It's part of your pilot program. You make it a small community. Say it's like 400 residents. Yeah, but I'm saying you can't... There's too many variables there. If they do it commercially, they have a contract with a company. This is what we're doing. That that corporation is signing that contract, and it's it's a it's a it's a direct relationship. You're not worried about 400 people and their opinions and their propensity to be assholes, right? Um, good, good. I don't know. You okay. could do a trial. You could like build a community and say, hey, we're building a new community, self-autonomous community. If you want to be part of it, yeah. you have to register now. So all the residents in the next five years that move in understand fully that they're becoming part of an autonomous community. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I think that's good for autonomous cars. I don't know. I could talk. We I could know. Do a there's, whole, there's so many you know movies what? that Let's have Let's do a future now. episode on autonomous communities yeah. exploring the possibility of an autonomous well there's already community. smart homes like there's homes with multiple smart home like built-in smart features so could you imagine if your autonomous car rolled onto your uh entry pad and as soon as it sensed your car yeah you only Via only RF you have to cure exactly you get into your house it unlocks it just, the doors it just no it does it the the your your um what do you your call driveway. it driveway. Yeah, your driveway just like Lowers, lowers and you and just carries you in and then and then it just slides you into your garage in the bottom and then you just walk through the door and so go. quick question if you could have any 
voice as like your voice. Oh, see, everyone's gonna say Morgan Freeman. No, no, not me. Who would who's would yours be? Morgan Freeman. Or, obviously, Morgan Freeman. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I would definitely choose Paul Bettany. Oh Jarvis? yeah, yeah, he's so good. I think a lot of people would pick uh, Jarvis. Yeah, I don't know. I I think Morgan Freeman's good, but I think I would get annoyed at him pretty would quick. Would you choose Probably a female Thanos. or a male? I would choose a female. <laughs> you imagine yeah. Thanos? <laughs> I would probably choose. Welcome home, female. Joshua. I really like. <laughs> I, really, I really like British female voices, so I'd probably choose that. So, like, uh, Spice Girls. Yeah, sure. Or the Grape Lady. The Grape Lady. What Grape Lady? She was. She was no. She was British. Okay. Future episode. Okay. Grape so um, next on the um, transport side of things. We also have. I mean, we we all we know that we have adaptable GPS in our vehicles. Uh, compared to what GPS used to be in vehicles, nowadays GPS is able to. It'll give you a route, and it'll give you two other routes. And if one's too busy, it'll say you can go this way, but it's going to be X amount of minutes longer. Yeah, so take this. Reroute you. So there yeah. is adaptable GPS now in your vehicles, which is great. Um, we already talked about which I have a problem, by the way, because they're dependent on on historical data to guide their adaptive gps which could be wrong so if like 50 drivers in a row are sitting for a minute it's going to say well the normal distance traveled in that minute should be x so now we're going to alert drivers on that route to deviate from that route and go on another route because there's going to be this block well what happens if there was like a line of ducks crossing the road and it was only that 50 those 50 cars that experienced that latency for two minutes yeah that happens that happens all the time so i get off on a different route and then i'm looking over the highway i'm like dang it there's no blockage there it's gone already and then the route corrects and it's like i should just stayed on that route so there's opportunities for that gps ai to be perfected or you know sure. the time to be shortened even more but it's a lot better than it was 10 15 years ago. oh yeah um, didn't exist next, next part of that transport I want to touch on is there's the hyperloop there's the trains that they want it's kind of like the bullet train but a little bit faster so oh, so uh, explain faster. explain what the hyperloop is and how it differs from like a European bullet train uh, so for a Japanese or, or Asian bullet train the so the hyperloop is um it's it's essentially it's a it's back train. Yeah, yeah it's, it's friction. So it's using like the va- the friction to move that that train through the, the tunnel. Friction or the lack of friction. Okay, so you know how in space when we when we all saw the last uh, SpaceX launch and we saw it getting up to like ten thousand kilometers an hour. Yeah. When did it reach that ten thousand kilometers an hour? Yeah. Once it hit space. Once it hit space because, because there's, there's no vacuum, yeah there's, there's no, friction. no and this is yeah, basically no friction yeah zero so yeah. there's no so the tube the hyperloop is a series of tubes or one long tube. That is sealed. It's airtight. There's no air. There's no friction in there. So it's okay. moved. It's, it's, it's free to move as fast as it can. So you have a passenger vehicle yeah. that essentially is suspended in space in an airtight tube. Yeah. Well, not and what. It's okay. not suspended in space. It's on a track. Yeah. Because it, it has to be on a track. The, the track has to be free from defects. It has to be completely. Oh, so there's no air in the tube. That's what I said. 
Right. There's no air, so, so it can travel. Nothing pushing against it. Exactly, yeah. and they'll they'll most likely use magnets, like very strong magnets, like an LRT. Yeah, more or less, because they wanted to be able to be free of anything that would degrade the speed. So a traditional bullet train, the maximum operating speed of a bullet train is 320 kilometers or 200 miles an hour. The maximum speed of the Hyperloop, the Hyperloop 760 miles an hour. Yeah. So it's almost four times faster than it's the like world's the fastest train. Sound. Um, How fast is the speed of sound? Speed of sound is What's less on? than... I think it's a thousand? A thousand? Yeah. No, no, no. It's like 500 miles yeah, an maybe hour. Yeah, wrong. Let's see. Speed but yeah, it's, it's fast. It's super 760 miles, 1,200 kilometers an hour. So would take you 300, 500 kilometers in 35 minutes. What? Yeah. 500 kilometers? Yeah, 560 kilometers okay. in 35 minutes. So, here, here, understand this. If there was a sonic boom in a vacuum tube, what would happen? Nothing. There's no air. No. There would still... Well, there is... Yeah, I guess it would be as close to a vacuum as possible. But they've put the maximum speed in Hyperloop at 760 miles an hour. The speed yeah. of sound? 767 miles an hour. <laughs> So you're traveling at the speed of sound. Yeah, there, essentially, there's a thought that if you go faster than the speed of sound, you create a sonic boom, which is it, which is a, a friction wave. Could it blow the tube wide open? Right. I don't know. They might want to test that before they put it one into place. Anyway, there's supposed to be a Hyperloop work Calgary boys. There's supposed but, to be a Hyperloop but, Calgary to Edmonton. But if you go, it will. The speed of sound will only create that sonic boom. In an oxygenated atmosphere. Yeah. So tell me, is the... Right, because there's no sound in space. It's a vacuum. So the Hyperloop in Edmonton, or from Calgary to Edmonton, is that just... Um, is that something that's like actually... <laughs> yeah, it would take you 15 minutes to get No, in. no, no. 35 yeah. minutes. No, is, no. It's 35 500. is 500 kilometers. The $7 billion Hyperloop between Calgary and Edmonton is supposed to take... Uh, passengers between uh, it's a 186 mile hyperloop it'll move at about 620 miles an hour it will take like a thousand the, kilometers stop in red deer probably. 30 minutes it'll take the average traveler 30 minutes no stops it's a direct hyperloop so is this just conceptual or are they actually talking about They're talking, They're talking about, about Hyperloop between yeah. Calgary and Edmonton. But it's not been approved or anything yet. No, no it's very contentious. So I mean, in LA, they, they, they propose, they propose, propose? They propose this in LA um, for a Hyperloop between LA and San Fran. And it was $6 billion for a passenger and $7.5 billion for a larger one like for vehicles and stuff. And For vehicles? Yeah. What do you mean? What? Transport vehicles. Instead of, now you're getting rid of trucks having to transport all these cars. Now Tesla doesn't have to pay these trucking companies. Tesla can now transport all their own cars on their own Hyperloops. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyways, yeah. the boring company, the, uh, the, boring the boring company. company. Yeah, that's yeah. the boring company. In July, Musk announced that he had a verbal government approval to build a Hyperloop between Washington, D.C. and New York City, which would carry commuters between... The two in less than 30 minutes. So to be clear, let's just clarify. Elon Musk um, is the CEO of SpaceX. Yeah, and Tesla. And Tesla. And Boring Company. And the Boring Company. And uh, AI, Smart AI or whatever that is. 
Um, sorry, he's the founder, CEO, CTO, and chief designer of SpaceX, CEO and product architect of Tesla, founder of The Boring Company, co-founder of Neuralink, and co-founder uh, and co-chairman of OpenAI. Yeah, OpenAI. And just to clarify, he di- he does have a Bachelor of Arts in Physics, which confuses me. I thought that would be a Bachelor of Science, but it's a Bachelor of Arts in Physics. Um, and he's Canadian. He's a Canadian citizen. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was South African. Oh, that's a good old Canadian boy, eh? But he, he immigrated to Canada to avoid the mandatory military service in South Africa. Oh. Yeah, so he's and a he conscientious objector. And he's not a master's holder or a PhD holder. Uh, he like dropped it. So he, he, drop he has um, a Bachelor of Science degree in economics and a Bachelor of Arts degree from uh, Wharton School and a Bachelor of Arts degree in physics uh, from the College of Art and Sciences uh, at the University of Pennsylvania. And uh, he did begin a PhD uh, at Stanford, but he dropped out to... Um, Great PayPal. Yeah, because of the, the he didn't want to miss the internet boom. Yeah, and he created PayPal with his friend, and they made... Now listen, if a guy like Elon Musk, who doesn't have a PhD or a master's degree, if that brain can create everything that's he create, that he's created, he's kind of living proof that AI will never compete with man. That's not true. Well, he's created AI. He's created all he's this He's helping AI along. At some point, I think the it's technology, because he's afraid of AI, though. That he is, and that's why he said... Yeah. That's why, and that goes into our, our talk in a little bit here, where he's kind of... Sorry, we're jumping all over the place. We are jumping all over the place. But um, the last thing on the, on the transport I want to talk about are gyro cars. I'm not sure if you guys have seen these. Gyro no. cars are really cool. So have you, have you seen those um, concepts of like these big buses that hover above all the other cars and they have just like skinny little pillars? So they're basically, they're dry, they're, if you look at a gyro, like a top or whatever, as long as it keeps that force, it's never going to fall down. As long as it keeps that speed going, it's never going to fall down. So they have these battery-powered gyros that, that uh, keep these big bus things upright. And they never start moving. And there's a backup battery inside them as well. And basically, it would allow <clears throat> for buses to not be stuck in traffic or these big passenger transport things and they would just hover above traffic they have these really skinny pillar things so they would like just like a top yeah yeah, yeah they, they would just, just continuously move. move they act like the bike rider that like balances the yeah wheels. and they just pretend like this is the line between the two uh, and so instead of having a dotted line there will just be like a solid track that they would stay on and they would just move between traffic and over traffic so how Okay, that's sick. Poses a lot of issues with human error still for cars in traffic. But that, and I read, I heard about that too. I was watching a video on it. Even in the event of an accident, it's the, it's not going to move. Like that, that gyro mobile is going to be fine. It's not going to fall over. Oh um, no! Yeah, the problem, and they've tried to create cars and stuff off of this. But the problem was with earlier technology when they first started doing it. They were doing it in the early 1900s, and they were running off the limited battery power and whatnot that they had to use at the time. Right. So they would only go so long, and then they'd tip over. That reminds me of, like, you know Iron Man uh, 2, where Tony Stark creates a new element? Oh. And his father, he watches this video of, of his father, and he's like, I don't have the technology right now, but 
you like you'll have it so here's what you here's the blueprint you need for this element and he like creates an element that cures him you don't remember that oh yeah the thing he put in his chest yeah it just it just reminds me of the fact that like some things we have the forethought for but we just don't have the technology to make it happen right now so I mean, that's what they would look like. Yeah, the, and the first gyro car was in 1914. Oh, it was, it's actually on a track. Yeah, they're on a track. But they don't necessarily they need around. to be. They don't need to be, but it how it's it's the divider and it helps them move above and in between traffic. God, but the track, it's not a track. It's a line per se. And yeah. to Joel's point, like they can be on the ground, but they created elevated col- like columns in the cars. So... They would be non-intrusive yeah. to regular traffic. The first car was created in 1914 in London. It was Shlovsky's Shlo- Giro car. How crazy would that be? You're just driving. You got like your sunroof open. Yeah, just, and you just see a bus. Hey, guys. Well, yeah. what's interesting is like the first cars were made like in the late 1800s, like 1880s. What's so, the Ford Model T? 1901. Uh, 19... Uh, Model A. Model A. Well, 1904, I believe. Mm, I don't know. 18... Uh, 89. No. Carl Benz was a one-cylinder, two-stroke unit that ran for the first time on New Year's, e- New Year's Eve in 1879. Yeah. That was the first stationary gasoline engine. So, I mean, I think if you look at the timeline that the first automobile was created, and then when that gyro car was created, there's like that 40-year gap. So, who knows? Maybe... Like, we're just 40 years away from having this idea of a gyro car just hovering above us like giant elephants. Well, just the rate that technology is. And, like you said, like, even when we were talking about microchips and how they're advancing it, uh, like, two transistors every year per doubles. So, every two years, the number of transistors. Um, Okay, so back it up. We were talking about that before we started recording. I don't want to talk about the whole thing. I'm just no, saying we won't. Technology Essentially, is- technology advances every two years. The number of transistors that can be packed into any unit of space will double. Right. So if, I, if, if I've got a square inch and I've got 100 transistors this year in that square inch, in two years, there's going to be 200 transistors. So basically what that's saying is every two years, the speed at which our technology operates is... Twice as fast. Yeah, or, if you think about all the computers that they even like the computer that they ran the first spaceship that went to the moon on was like five hundred and twelve mega had five hundred and twelve megahertz processor in it or something like that. It was stupid. Yeah, it our was iPhones humongous. are faster and iPhone Seven five is faster. So our current smartphones are operating millions of times more powerfully than those computers. That were single function computers that launched Apollo 11. Yeah. Like when they nuts. landed on the moon. Given that was a feat because they're landing 340,000 miles away. So they needed like technology that was dedicated to single functions. But our smartphone, the computer I'm recording this session on is millions of times more powerful than the first NASA computers That's that crazy. put people on the moon. It's nuts. Um, okay, so uh, the next topic I wanted to bring up. Sorry, just quickly. Yeah. For everyone out there listening that thinks if you're like, and you and uh, Joel and I work in the um, telecom industry, and even myself, I'm like, 
why do I need a new iPhone every year? Like, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. That would be the difference. Every two years, your phone is effectively becoming twice as fast. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I look at the phone I had two years ago. I'm like, oh, that was a bad phone. So investment-wise, if you were smart at the onset of, um, you know, the first motor vehicle, so 1876, if you haven't knew that thing existed, let's say 1900 when like Model A came out, right? Um, We thought, man, this is where the future is going. I need to invest in oil. Right. Right. Right now, like we're at the, not the start, but we're like, we're in the early stages of that technological boom. Like technology is going to get crazy. We need to be investing in whatever the hell they make microchips out of. Yeah. Or we need to be involved in the creative process that's leveraging technology to advance society. Like the, the little two-minute conversation we had about about test communities for autonomy. Like, why are we yeah. not using Disney oh, is predicated on imagination. You talk to... Yeah. You, watch Have the you seen that Imagineering? Oh, so yeah, cool. The guy that created Thunder Mountain, Big Thunder yeah. Mountain... He was like, all he had was a high school degree. He had to learn trigonometry and physics on the fly to determine how the angle that the cars needed to go, how high it needed to go to go down the next dip, et cetera, et cetera. Or like the new Star Wars one. But most of those people, I wouldn't say most because I don't know them and they haven't really revealed a lot of this. They don't give their qualifications, yeah. like these are people that are just really creatively using imagination to create the future of Disney. And I think we've got like we – Meaning our generation has the ability to not depend so much on let's educate ourselves to the hilt because look, that didn't really, that wasn't Elon Musk's focus, but we need to embrace this whole idea of be creative and imaginative. If you can dream it, like, and he's, Elon Musk is good at that too, right? Like it's evident that he wants to see cool stuff. Yeah. Like he's a chief designer of SpaceX. And you like for, he designed their new spacesuits. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, you're, we're talking about autonomous communities, right? There's, I know Elon Musk developed like a solar roof. So yeah. rather than like solar panels on a roof, the actual, like instead of tar or asphalt shingles, yeah. the shingles are solar shingles. shingles yeah. Yeah. And the whole roof powers the home. Yeah. Or uh, he also has a concept for the, um, the charging streets, like the streets charge the vehicles. Yeah, like a charging pad would charge your phone. Yeah, yeah, that's like crazy. QI wireless charging. But this, all the streets have it. But like, it's stuff like that that you're right. It just requires imagination. Yeah, and someday my fridge will be able to walk a beer right to my hand. Oh man, well fridges already right. The new Samsung or LG <laughs> fridges. Your fridge just like grows. Like, you can literally yeah. <laughs> like. It'll, Did you want a lager or a pilsner? If you're out of milk, it'll like say it'll it'll know you're out of milk. And then it'll order milk for you. Oh, yeah. And then you go to check your bank and you're like, why am I broke? Oh, my yeah. fridge ordered milk. Thanks, fridge. Yeah. <laughs> fridge! Fridge! <laughs> I'm going to use that for candy. Take it, fridge. Bring it, fridge. I'm tired of milk. <laughs> so, speaking of... Um, yeah, I don't know how to get into this next one. But anyways, 
Uh, 3D printing is something that's come up over the last couple of years and it's kind of part of this new technology wave. Um, like, could you imagine if we had a 3D printer when we were young and just 3D printing our own toys or just 3D printing like little like characters with our faces on them? I would just like 3D print. Bro, like, we wouldn't be printing 3D. Could you remember Miss Wagner? Could you imagine? There's one thing I'd be 3D printing yeah. if I was 14, bro. Exactly. What? What are you talking about? Do I need to say it? Yes, tell us, Ethan. Well, are you going to 3D print if you're Next 14? episode. <sighs> yeah. uh, um, but do you remember Miss Wagner from Parkland? She's a music teacher. Wagbag. You remember her? Oh, I do don't remember, remember Miss Wagner? Yeah. She was a music teacher. She looked like... Um, that that lady off of Monsters Inc. That you know, the, uh, like this. Mike Wazowski, yeah. don't forget yeah. to pen in your paperwork. Well, could you imagine, like <laughs> always watching, like taking yeah. your your least favorite teacher and just like three D printing their face on Jabba the Hutt's body or body or something, and then giving it to them for. Uh, that would not be what I would 3D print. I'm with Ethan. There's probably other things as a teenager that I would have 3D printed. I'm mysterious. Um, but anyways, 3D printing, uh, it's so cool. And the things that they can do now, like uh, like Ethan, you were saying, you can 3D print guns now. They can 3D print parts for guns. Um, yeah. I, f- I follow this. Um, and oh. it's, yeah. Go ahead, Ethan. Well, you can 3D, like, like we're saying, you can 3D print damn near anything. Yeah. So the limit then becomes your imagination. And just as a side note, that's what freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, I don't know why people are so freaked out. But um, one thing that that you can um, 3D print are prosthetics, and that's what's helping a lot with prosthetics. So you have companies 3D printing these large prosthetics that have historically been really hard to fit, but now all they're doing is they're taking moldings, they're putting... Do you mean like prosthetic limbs? Yeah. So they're putting moldings into... Like they're finding these moldings that fit these people's bodies perfectly. They load that image file into a computer and print that prosthetic for that person perfectly. What's cool is you can create perfect symmetry for someone that lost their leg. You can scan their left leg. You can reverse image that scan and print a, that opposite leg right. to mirror the leg you still have. It's, At the right length and everything. It's crazy. But here's my challenge. Why do companies take such advantage of this technology when it can really better our health? And But some of them aren't. There are like I follow this Instagram page called Freethink and I, I implore any of you to go look at this page. It's all about using technology to improve our world's health. Um, and they do a lot of work with people who have lost limbs. Um, they've they've touched on the Neuralink, which we'll touch on uh, in a in a few here. But um, yeah, just three D printers able to print limbs for people. And now you know the technology they have; they can actually run these electrodes right to these people's brains, and they can make these arms. Like the people, they'll say, "Okay." Move yeah. your hand, and the person will just do this with their prosthetic. Yeah, because they tap right into their central nervous system. Yeah, it's crazy. What, that's what's crazy. interesting is, you know, while that's on the cutting edge of technology and research and development is becoming so prevalent in those areas, there's still. And listen, I work. I work in a medical industry, the dental industry, and I know that um, at times the costs in the industry are very high for products that are printed digitally. Like you look at companies like Invisalign and ClearCorrect, 
And while they have like doctors backing the science behind how they model the 3D printing, mm -hmm. there's still a fortune. Like for, you know, 24 trays, it costs you, and we're talking Invisalign, so that's correcting like um, occlusion issues yeah, yeah. in the mouth, right? Straight into the teeth. So that goes, to, that goes into what you were talking about. How do you feel about people taking advantage of it? Right, because you can pay like, but you, you can pay nine, like that. yeah, but listen, you can pay up to nine thousand, ten thousand, eleven thousand dollars to get straight teeth. Yeah. But the, the te technology has been out there for years already, and doctors, like, listen, I don't want to devalue the industry, but at the end of the day, They've already made their dime on developing the technology and researching it and putting the education and thought into it. It's it's now a scan of the mouth, a few tweaks in here, tweaks here and there, and your teeth are perfectly straight. No braces, full trays, done. So this kid who was going to uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology, his name was Amos Dudley. He had like gnarly teeth and he's like, well, I'm a, I'm a design major. So... I want braces, but I know that I want the Invisalign and I know I can make it cheaper because I work in design. So literally for 60 bucks, he straightened his own teeth for for less than $60. By just using, creating his own? Using the same methodology, the same uh, recommended distance uh, that you should move teeth within a certain period of time. He did all of his research and he straightened his own teeth. You can find pictures of Amos Dudley online. Uh, now, I wouldn't recommend anyone do this because orthodontists are, they're, they're probably one of the smartest medical doctors of any, any field. They're very smart people. They have to understand how bones move, how over time the body, um, you know, grows and, and they're very smart people. So they know that, hey, I know what tooth I need to pull down, what tooth I need to twist. So don't ever second guess that you, or don't ever second guess them or or purport that you're smarter than them but this kid had an idea that hey I'm going to try and straighten my own teeth for literally a fraction a slither of the cost of regular braces and he did it to his success but that just shows you the incredible value that 3D printing plays in society today there's so many things we can do with 3D printing yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so this is the the issue becomes, and it's not an issue, but we have all of this um, technological advancement yeah. because we live in a capitalist society. But at the same time, we have the, um, the inability of access because we live in a capitalist society, right? right? So these guys pour money into designing these things, pour money into their education, pour money into the invention. They finally make it work. And then for another five years, they're still not profitable. And then you go like, man, why does it cost seven grand to get braces? That seems ridiculous. It, it can't cost them that much to make me braces. No, it doesn't. But it's because we live in a capitalist society. It's a need. What's that? It's been, so. I no, think... but it's because we live yes. in capitalism that they cost that much because people want to get rich and they, and Predominantly, the only reason they strive to make the, these advancements is to get rich. Yeah. And, you know, historically, getting your teeth straightened was not a necessity. It was more of, you know, a visual thing. Yeah. If you want to look better, you get your teeth straightened. So it wasn't something you needed to get done. Therefore, they could charge you whatever they wanted to. 
Um, <clears throat> I'm just saying it's easy to be a humanitarian with $90 billion in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, you know what? If you're listening I to our podcast, feel like you have, at that point, you have, like, as a human, towards the human race, you have a responsibility as a human who's been gifted, and even if you worked hard, you've been gifted this brilliance and this money to give back to humankind in some way or another. But, listen, I don't think any billionaire philanthropist feels obligated. I, I no. feel like they have a willingness, like... And I will personally condemn the words or actions of those towards philanthropists that say it's self-serving. They're part of some secret Illuminati. They're part of some one world order. We're talking Bill, about Illuminati. You're going to end up dead. Bill Gates is um, out there to control the Bro, world. FBI just text me. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I think those people that speak ill of people like Bill Gates now? that do so much good. You guys need to give your head a shake. Like, that's just stupidity. He's probably done more good for the world than entire countries combined. So we need to yeah. celebrate the efforts of people like that and know that, you know, we don't need to tell them they need to do good. When yeah, you make... Bill Gates wants yeah. to control us. Yeah, whatever. I'm all for it. All I'm saying is people are... Not people. I'm just... I'm saying I'm all for the model, right? We want people to come up with an invention that can help the world. They want to make money off of it. Yeah, that's okay. They yeah, can make money off it. Yeah. So Neuralink. Let's so, talk about Neuralink. So just before we touch on Neuralink, what I wanted to get to with 3D printing is 3D organ printing. So something they've come up with in the last few years is using the technology of 3D printing and using um, kind of like skin grafts or grafts from different organs. And they're so it takes a while, and it like. I think a couple of years ago, what I read is um, the first thing they printed was like a a graft of a liver just one small piece of a liver is what they were able to liver tissue print. models yeah but yeah. could you imagine they were able to print that one thing with enough processing power and technology in the in the near future they could you know this is a they always have a lack of transplants for people and people have to go on these long waiting lists and could you imagine they were able to 3d print an organic liver a real liver out of organic material or a heart or anything else and the, I, I think the only thing that they will ever struggle with is being able to 3d print a brain i don't think you're able get, they're ever no. going to be able to but do then that. you're going to get into um like a repo man scenario Bro, we're going that way. But listen, Embrace it. Organ. So, so come back to what you're saying. Printing <laughs> organs. Yeah. They're, the the technology is not there yet. The 3D printing for for in terms of bi like biological components is single cell based organ printing. So they can print a single cell no. of liver tissue. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling they you, have Fluid printed, Cell has the technology. Bioprinting multicellular liver article models. where they they printed an entire strip of an organ sure but it doesn't operate as the organ would operate so they no, have of course because it's a strip you need the entire organ to operate right so biopixlar which is you need a lobe biopixlar which is one of the leading um printers it, say it's possible to create complex multicellular tissue models in 3d with single cell precision they haven't tested it in a real person because just like if I get a heart transplant, they, there's a, a, a time period in which first I have to be compatible so that the donor has to be compatible with my blood type. Then 
they have to be roughly the similar age or gender. And once I have that heart implanted or organ implanted, I have to take copious amounts of drugs to make sure it's not rejected. To make sure it, my body doesn't reject it. It's yeah. going to be the same thing in, in, in synthetic cells because your body has to adopt that organ. People yeah. aren't, look, deaths are at an all time high. It's not like deaths are slowing down. So organs are still going to be available. The question is the reliability of 3D printed organs. So how about this? What if they take a P? Let's say your liver needs to be transplanted. They're able to take the one small section of your liver that's healthy, take a sample of that and print an entire new organ. See, the problem- Will it still get rejected because it's your own cells? Not the problem. The uniqueness of the liver is that it can regenerate. So that's a unique organ. And they might be working with the liver. A lot of your organs regenerate. No, well, your heart your doesn't heart, regenerate. No, no. Well, no, after no, your kidneys your heart, don't regenerate. Your lungs regenerate. Yes, but those that type of tissue is unique. Not all of your organs. You have two organs that do that. Well, your stomach doesn't regenerate. Your skin's an organ. Sure, it regenerates. Well, it yeah, your skin heals. It's not like. If I deglove my arm, I'm going to grow new, <laughs> a new arm skin. Well, you never know. Yes, we do know. Well, maybe if you inject some lizard goo into your arm, you will. <laughs> All like I'm saying solid is organs unique. like ears, I can see that because you're they're 3D printing tissue. Is an ear an organ? Uh, yeah, I, I assume it would be. Oh, okay, all about this 3D printing is starting to get my head frightened. We should do a whole episode on 3D printing for organs, too. We should do, we'll touch back on a lot of things. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on when it, in terms of technology is Neuralink. It's something that's uh, hit the spotlight a little bit lately. Uh, some people are scared of it. Some people think that it's the mark of the beast. Some people... Um, uh, for anyone who doesn't know what the Mark of the Beast is, is basically end times. It's the, like Satan's stamp that will allow you to live your life or not. Um, but hang on a second. Before you go deep into Neuralink, on the topic of the Mark of the Beast, the um, so scholars of scripture indicate very strongly that a person can't unwillingly mark their body with the Mark of the Beast. If you get the Mark of the Beast on your body, you're doing it because you acknowledge that it's the mark of the beast right. and you pledge allegiance to the antichrist or right. whoever the 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 bearer of doom is in the end times right so anyone that says that anything that you would willingly get is the mark of the beast when it clearly is not the mark of the beast but you know what it's, mark ty- and it's typically a lot of people who just don't read their bible who say this is the antichrist or this is the mark of the beast or this is end times it's read a bunch of survivalist conspiracy theory wackadoos. But if you read the thing is, read your Bible and you'll see it's not what it is. Sure. But in any event, the Neuralink. Um, Neuralink. Explain Neuralink. it. How does so it work? Neuralink is like a, a a chip that they embed right into uh, your brain. It's a link that's sealed an implanted device right in the your motor area of your brain. Yeah. So it's the brain stem. No, it's um, the medulla oblongata. It's a micron it's scale threads. Times. Okay, so threads. Oh. Strings like string oh, theory, like Avatar when they like, yeah, yeah, pretty much, kinda. exactly, yeah, do exactly. each other by braiding their hair exactly. together. Okay, uh, very know. similar to that. Uh, by the way, phenomenal movie on cutting edge technology. It was filmed using cutting edge technology, what, and Avatar? it was about cutting edge technology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's Elon Musk himself defined uh, Neuralace or Neuralink as digital layer above the cortex. That would not necessarily imply extensive surgical insertion, but ideally an implant through a vein or an artery. Hmm. I'm, I'm guessing somewhere around in your head. Um, so he goes on to say that he explained the long-term goal is to achieve symbiosis with artificial intelligence um, because he perceives it as an existential threat to humanity if it goes unchecked. So what he wants to do is he knows AI is being created, it's being started, and he wants to create Neuralink as a way to com- combat the overtake of AI over humans. But yeah, hang on a second. We, use it. The if, original if, design of fire. If he gets... Neuralink helps us to become symbiotic with AI, then there's no way that AI can take so us over. Let me, to let me your dumb point, it down. like you're saying, is AI going to ever be able to take us over? I believe that one day maybe it will be able to. It's Guys, already it's Jarvis. Skynet. It's taking our jobs. Skynet. It's, it's Jarvis. Well, there's like jobs. 10 Terminator movies about this. It's Skynet. Yes. Okay, so let me dumb it down. Because this is what must talk dumb about. Dumb it down for us, brother. On Joe Rogan. The problem is bandwidth. So we already have artificial intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. We're all the smartest people in the world because we have access to all the material in yeah. the world through the internet. Yeah. So Neuralink is just... Uh, it's. Oh, hang on a second. Overnight, we'll all become people with eidetic memories. Yes. Yeah. You can literally learn everything and right. anything like that. No, no. You're not learning it. You instantly have access to it. Oh. Yes. So you instead just of know you Googling something, it's like... Okay, now I know how so to do... So do you know what that oh, effectively does? So le- it levels the playing field. Okay. My mind's blown. Okay. Let's just... No, listen. no listen, listen. Okay, Let me explain me. this tell for me, our brother. listeners. Tell me, brother. It's a bandwidth issue. Yes. Okay? So we used to be on dial-up internet. Yeah. Right? We used to be on 256K, and then there was 512, and then we went to 1 megasecond, and that was crazy. Yeah. Now we have 1 gigasecond. Yeah. And our access to information is way faster. But what is universally the problem with accessing the information? I don't know. These. Yeah. And if, you can't, if you're not watching YouTube, I'm doing sparkle fingers, jazz hands. Yeah. The issue is our fingers. We, can't, we can only get the information as fast as we can type and as fast as we can see. Right. So Neuralink is removing that. That's <laughs> as dumb as we can make it. You oh. remove the need for your is hands and your eyes. Is that access to, te- to the entirety of your brain? Does Neuralink unlock the no, abilities? It no, no, it would, it would not no. It would not. No, it just gets you access to the information instantly. I know that, but with doing that, is that going to start setting no. off neurons in your brain that would have never? No, oh, that's fired a good. Off? That's a good point. Maybe, it, maybe well, it does. But, but because the, now the doors, thinking, the doors here. Yes, I so understand the, that. So the information can only come in the door. I understand It's that. not like the door automatically became like this. No, no, Josh. What I'm saying is that door opens. You read that. Now you know this. Yeah, but but that's that. the same can be said about anything. So this whole journey of the Neuralink and becoming a smarter uh, human. human being is... It's been there the whole time. <laughs> so if cool. you and you and I spent every day from now until the end of our lives reading, taking in information, expanding our minds, we could do that. We can't think faster than we can think. So it's not like our brains are going to go, I want to read 18 books right now and compute all those books at the same time. Your brain won't be able to do that. It'll gradually become 
better at so learning. So this is part of Neuralink. What Neuralink's also doing is it's learning your brain. It's learning your brain's patterns, and it's helping your brain adapt to information. God help the first guy that gets one of these. That's why they're saying it's going to... So even though that the long-term goal is for symbiosis, symbiosis with artificial technology, um, it's... Oh. It's, Hang on a second. It's aiming to link that technology with implants that instead of actuating movement can interface at broadband speed with other types of external software and gadgets. See? Broadband so, speed. So listen to this. The micron scale threads are inserted into areas of the brain that control movement. Yeah. Each thread contains many electrodes and connects them to oh, an implant. Oh, it's like Chuck. I can learn every martial art. It's like, like Chuck. That. The Matrix. That's what I was saying. <laughs> when he's in that bed and he's learn and he goes yeah. into the Matrix, he's learned all of a sudden. He's yeah, like, he's not on Wi-Fi. He's like plugged right into the Ethernet. Exactly. So hang on a second. The 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 the, the that's brothers what I'm saying. That made, We're living in the future. Bro. The the yeah. brothers that made the Matrix, Joel and Ethan, Cullen. No, they didn't make the Matrix. I don't know who. Yeah, did. the Cullen no. brothers. No, they didn't. No, they made uh, a different one. But anyways, anyways. Maybe they've already invented it, and they're just a representation. They came back from the future. Oh, is this like the Simpsons predicting the future? We're tying it. Like, this ties back into the f- time oh, travel. Yeah. This technology has already been created. The inventors came back to create a movie to foreshadow what was to come. Okay, but it's not like... There are a ton of movies like this. A recently movie on Netflix called Upgrade. Mm-hmm. He gets in a car accident... And he's uh, his wife dies, and he's a quadriplegic. Yeah, yeah. And the guy implants the thing called stem. Yeah. And stem basically takes over his being. And yeah. Like moves and he kills people, him. and he's like, "What are I just yeah, do?" Yeah. He's like, "Stem, yeah. help!" And like, stem just starts like killing people. <laughs> uh, bloodshot. Bloodshot was about that was right. the Diesel, where his body right. was blown up. And what they did is they just made him like a new body and they introduced these nanites into his bloodstream. The nanites replaced his blood. So basically now he can take bullets as much as he wants to. All of that just regenerates as energy in his body. Yeah. And he just he just a killing machine. So we're talking about a lot of movies and, and sign or, or science fiction that's kind of guided this part, particular part of the conversation. But there's got to be what some do you sort think? of truth. Are you for it or against it? For what? Neuralink? Yeah. So I'm for it. And a lot of people are, are against it. And I understand if it, you know, you're scared of it. It's understandable. I'm not scared of Neuralink. I think what, if anything, in my time, what it's going to do is help a lot of people who have things like Parkinson's, Parkinson's. Um, Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, any, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, any of these Auto ALS, yeah. uh, autoimmune deficiencies that are originating in the brain. Neuralink's going to be able to go in, look at your brain, see why it's happening, and figure out if there is a way to fix that. Yeah, that's, that's a really what good their point. that's what their their minor goals are. Musk has stated that their minor goals, their entry state stage goals, are to help fix ailments in the human body. Yeah, and for those people that are skeptical. Um, I mean, there's tons to be skeptical about. Let's just sure. call a spade a spade. But go and ask your grandparents what they think about Google. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Ask your great-grandparents if they thought that a tiny, tiny box in your living room would be able to control every aspect of your life. Man. Okay, so get this. Uh, I was talking to my buddy recently, and I was like, um, uh, so uh, selling our house, the, the, real, uh, the real estate agent for the buyer's 
didn't use DocuSign. Right. And I just thought, like, I'm like, it's 2020. What kind of professional doesn't use DocuSign? Right. Like, what kind of professional has heard of DocuSign? Do we live in where you have to drive to somebody's house and get a signature? Right. And you can't email them, get them to sign it on their smartphone and send it back. Yeah. And he goes, that's the kind of real estate agent I want to deal with. I hate any of that, uh, like, e-mumbo-jumbo stuff. Oh, my God. But I'm like, get it, What? You already live in this technology. You live in this age. She's probably going to listen to this and be like, you made me sound like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't say his name, Garrett. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Garrett. But but anyways, um, it's... Sorry, Garrett. I was totally just throwing one in the wind there. Um, We live in this technology age. It's not going away. And So the reason I say that is because there's always going to be resistant... Sure. Uh, like there's always going to be technologic technology resistant people, right? Where it's like, you know, back in my day, we looked everything up on an encyclopedia. We didn't need Google, and that was fact. Well, yeah. guess what? Britannica.com. Like it's it's all on the internet now. Right. And what happened? What What about before Britannica? When encyclopedias didn't yeah, exist? Yeah. It was just handed down. Yeah. Right. It was handed down information. All we're doing, okay, is we're taking. We're doing what humans have always done. We're simplifying the process of being human. We have fast food. Why? Because we got sick and tired of standing over a stove for years. Yeah. So what did we do? We created restaurants where we can just go, drive through, have an entire meal in five minutes and go to bed. Yeah. I'm just saying, you might be resistant, but this is where technology is going. Okay, Joel's for it. And it doesn't have to be scary. Joel's for it. I'm for it. Are you for it? Totally. If if you didn't get that from my stories, then yes, I'm for it. All right. And and I'm for it. I, I think, look, at the end of the day... We have to embrace our future. Okay, okay, but we're saying, are we for it or we're not? If Neuralink came out and available to the public, would you get it? Tomorrow. Would you get it? Yeah. I would get it too. Yeah, man. Oh, man. All right, so Elon, if you're listening. Please and, use uh, us as subjects. Oh, come on. The Muriosity Neuralink uh, episode, we could literally pull from anywhere, anything, and it would be the best This best, is best an podcast official, This is time. an official invite to Elon Musk. You can come to Josh's place. You All the way in Calgary, Alberta. Calgary, Alberta. Sit in our basement. Miniature drink some beers. Bring uh, us a Tesla table. each. That'd be great. No, you, you don't have to bring us a Tesla. No, no, no. He, he does can, for sure. He's, he's got the Tesla, so you can bring the Tesla. I mean, you don't have to bring if Tesla. you're going to bring me a Tesla, I'd take a Cybertruck. But if you're not, yeah. then don't worry about it. I'll take the X because I like the wings. I would just like to pick that man's brain. All right, so we're all for it. Curiosity. Before we go to Curiosity. Breweries use AI and the Internet of Things technology to improve the quality of beer. Oh, Artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things are becoming more prominent in the food and beverage industry. In recent interviews, John Vogelbacher, president and co-founder of Sugar Creek Brewing, shared how AI and IoT are helping his company. This is an article that was on Forbes.com. Uh, written by Lana Bandoim. And at the end of the day, AI and Internet of Things helped save this particular brewery over $10,000 a month by determining the costs related to too much oxygen in beer runs and the quality of the flavor that reduces their shelf life. The spillage of the problem cost them $30,000 per month prior to instituting the AI and wow. Internet of Things. Now, we haven't even gotten into IoT. I know. Oh, like, that's, that's, a whole, time. that's a whole other episode. And so, drones? 
I know. Drone okay. Oh, drop shipping. Hello. Oh. Okay, so it's your podcast, bro. You get to go first. Okay, so this week I had the Odin's Brew. And this is from the Grizzly Paw Brewing Company out of Camor. Yeah, Alberta. great restaurant too, by the way. Um, I love everything Viking. If anyone knows me, I love Viking and Viking culture. And Odin is their lord. And uh, so I wanted to try the Odin's Brew. Everything um, about this company, what I like, I was reading on the back, it said proceeds from this delicious brew will be donated to the Bow Valley SPCA and efforts to support medical and operational expenses. So not only do you guys have a good beer, Grizzly Paw, uh, the Odin's Brew is delicious. Uh, it's also a good cause, a great cause. So uh, I would give this one out of five. One mm, sip. One sip. I give this one a solid 3.9. 3.9, all right. All right, Josh. All right, so I've got uh, Icy Beer and Inner City Brew, brewed in good old downtown Calgary. Calgary. Today I'm drinking the Bridgelandia. It's a modern hoppy blonde ale. Was it terribly hoppy? What's the IBU on it? Not your typical blonde, judiciously hopped, hazy with big tropical fruit aroma. It's a cool can. I like the wrapped cans. Or they're a big thing right now. Uh, one sip. Oh, it's good. Yeah, not too hoppy. It's pretty modern. Uh, it is a little florally, so I give it... I'll give it a 3.5. Nice. All right, I, I had like the... the color of your yeah, this, this can is pretty balling. This is the Clock Out Lager. Uh, by, um, who is this by? SYC Brew, a Brewing Co. SYC. Proudly made in Edmonton, Alberta. Oh, it's only 4.4. 4. 4.4%. Nice. Okay. Nice light beer. Uh, yeah. And, uh, that's an empty can, fellas. Yeah. This was good. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently more than one sip, but you know the rules. What's the rating? Yeah, it gets a 4.2 for me. Nice. 4.2? Yeah, it was a good beer, man. Okay, SYC Breweries. There you go. Good SYC. job. What? SYC Breweries. And they're SYC where? Brewing Co. Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah. SYC Brewing Co. God, I'm gonna hit them awesome. up next time. We're gonna, we're gonna, gonna get it about get, to Edmonton. You know what? This is a good we're, I like this idea. We each review beer and then uh the winner you give a shout out to Okay, this All right. week. SYC Brewery Brewing Co. Oh, I was just going to shout out everyone, but yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, shout out everyone. Yeah, we want all the... All we'll, right. we'll, let the we'll let the public know who our winners are. Though. So we got yeah. SYC Brewing, we got Grizzly Paw. Grizzly Paw, and we got ICB. So good job uh, to you, All breweries. local breweries. Thanks, everyone, again for well your, uh, giving us a delicious drink for our, this week's podcast. Like and, the uh, whistle. Uh, again, we... We, we thank you guys for showing up. Um, just so you guys know, we do have some products coming soon. Oh, we have, just finalize the, the We merch. have a new logo coming new for logo. you guys. It's going to be a little bit more crisp and clean for you guys. Um, and also, that's going to be the logo that we'll, we'll be using on our merchandise. So uh, hopefully in the next two weeks on one of the episodes, you guys will be able to get a, a glimpse of that. And you'll be able to see what our new logo looks like on our new product. Um, and the premise is... Stay curious. I mean, life's all about exploring what you don't know and what you want to know. Guys, we're modern day explorers. We yeah. are. We're we're look out, Columbus. the internet. We're look out, Captain Vancouver. That's right. Anyways, Lucy thanks, Columbus. guys. Uh,